Hi everyone, this is Aaron, and you are listening to Walnut Commentary, the official podcast for the pastors and leaders of FCBC Walnut. I spoke with Pastor Hanley Liu, the English pastor of FCBC Walnut, and we talked about Yogurtland, Preachers and Sneakers, NASB 95, and the 2019 SOLA conference. We also take on a listener question. What can a guy do if he has already asked out different girls at church and they all said no? How should girls treat this type of guy? Thanks for listening. Hanley, you and I went to Yogurtland recently, and I went because I wanted to try the new boysenberry flavor. It's like a Knott's Berry Farm flavor. But when we went, um, you got this nasty flavor and you put this this hot sauce on it. Can you explain to everybody why you have this nasty sweet tooth and how this developed over time? <laughs> okay, so so what I got is, I don't even know what it's called, but but you guys know that popsicle that you could buy from the ice cream guy? <laughs> And it, and it's like red, white, and blue. Yeah, it's like yeah. a, it's like a it's like a rocket ship. Okay, so it's red, white, and blue. So they so Yogurtland has that in a flavor, and so I got that. It's nasty. I don't man. know why I like it. I like it, but I love the chamoy sauce, and, and and that's that. For those of you guys who don't know, the the chamoy sauce is that that orangish kind of reddish syrup mm. that that you you find in Mexican candy. Yeah. Right, and then. Um, I put the tahini powder on it. And so it's kind of like sweet and spicy and syrupy. And of course, I have some plain um, plain yogurt in there too. So I have a mix of plain yogurt with that um, rocket popsicle. You know, it's disgusting, flavor. man. And did it I ta- loved it. It tasted good to you. It tasted good to me. Now, you've always had a sweet tooth, man. I think ever since ever since uh, we were growing up, man, you were always eating flaming hot Cheetos, man. I guess that's not sweet, but you you've been into junk food a lot, man. How, yeah, I've been into a lot, a lot what of is junk this? food. Yeah. Was this since you were a kid or what? Yeah, I think I've always loved junk food. I love chips. You know, I love popcorn. <laughs> I love salty, savory stuff. Um, I do love sweets. Uh, you know, I I love uh, sour candies. Yeah, yeah. You know, sour and sweet candies. Sour gummy worms, sour gummy bears, sometimes chocolate. I'm not that much of a chocolate guy, but I enjoy chocolate. But yeah, I I, I like artificial flavored <laughs> sugar, um, all of that stuff that's bad for you. <laughs> that's disgusting, man. But um, hey, I'm glad we got to go to yogurt land. The boysenberry flavor was just okay. Like I, I don't know. I guess I was expecting more, but. <laughs> I don't know, man. I guess I guess the Knott's Berry Farm actual boysenberry flavor is just too hard to capture in a yogurt land. There has been a lot of stuff going on, and uh, one of them is this uh, Instagram account has been picking up steam. It's called Preachers and Sneakers, and oh, yeah. um, you heard about this too, and you actually showed it to me. What is this, and what are your thoughts behind this? <laughs> yeah, last Wednesday, I... I was on Facebook and it showed up on my news feed. One of my, my friends posted uh, an article about this Instagram. So I, I thought it's funny. So I checked it out. Mm-hmm. You know, preachers and sneakers, basically some guy is posting up pastors with, with really expensive shoes, right. sneakers. Right. And then he, he's putting how much they cost next to their Instagram photo. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, so that's a heart of it. I mean, there's more behind it, but that's... Right. That's the gist of it. Ben Kong actually sent me like an article from 
some website. I think it's called fashionista.com. Fashionista. Like that. That's yeah. that's the article. That's so, the article. Um, so Ben picked up on this and he sent it to me. He was like, hey, Aaron, uh, you, sh- you should uh, talk about this in your Sunday school class or send it to your <laughs> Sunday school class. So obviously this is what we care about in 11th grade Sunday school. But um, yeah, I don't know, man, like what what's your take on it? Like, should pastors be wearing fancy clothes? What do you think through when you're deciding what you're going to wear on Sundays? Okay. So, I mean, obviously this is a long answer, right? right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to get your theology of uh, clothing okay. right here, basically. I mean, for, first off, I, we can't judge the motive of these men. This becomes an issue of wisdom and stewardship. So for example, I looked into this side and I don't know all of this sneaker stuff, but, <laughs> but, it, but it seems like one of the pastors that uh, ha- that that has a few posts on this preachers and sneakers site. Uh, he's friends with with Kanye West. He officiated the wedding of Kanye West, who is the designer behind the Yeezys. So all the Yeezys that he's wearing, we could assume that possibly those are gifted to him. Right? Okay, okay. Uh, there there there's a few other pastors, and they happen to be uh, friends with the designers of of some of these shoes. Uh, and, and so we assume that some of these are gifted to these men, or these men could uh, be collecting these shoes and spending hundreds of th- hundreds of dollars to thousands of dollars on pairs of shoes. Is that wise? I'm I'm not sure. But but what do you do when you have people gift you things? Then it becomes wi- then it becomes wisdom, right? Like like when you're going on stage to preach God's word. Do you need to wear those where everyone is looking at a pastor, a preacher of God's word, donning a thousand dollar, thousands of dollars of shoes, right? Mm-hmm. And, and different pairs. And and when you're on Instagram, do you really want to expose all that? Um, you know, I don't know. So you really can't judge a person's heart. At the same time, um, I looked at all of these pastors on this side, and 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 I think they are from a different school of thought, a different sure realm of evangelical theology right right you know maybe more of the closer to the prosperity gospel so 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 i would say yeah it's probably not wise i probably would not own those shoes um you know but at the same time i have a library of commentaries and books and it's worth thousands of dollars right and and a normal person could say does my pastor really need exegetical commentaries they're up to forty to fifty dollars a piece hardback, and does he need seven commentaries on the Book of Romans? Wow, yeah, you know, you know, and and does he need to chase down mm. the classic Cranfield hardback, <laughs> right? And, and and does he need to chase down Brevard's Child's Exodus? Does he need to go on 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 wherever Book X, not Stock yeah. X, right? And, yeah. <laughs> and and look for these these critical commentaries that are so important or, or how many commentaries does he need? Exegetical, critical, expository, devotional. How many books does my pastor need? Um, does he need the original, you know, the oldest version I could find of Calvin's Institutes right, and right, put that right. on display, right? Right, right? You see what I'm saying? So sure. I can say that I can say that these books are, are my tools for exegesis, but I don't know if I need that much, you know, plus I also have Bible software. I have Logos mm-hmm, and that's not mm-hmm, cheap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so I, I think anybody could judge me. They could come into my library and say, mm-hmm. why do you have all these books? Mm-hmm. So, so I, I think at the end of the day, um, it really comes down to, to, to our motives, our intentions and the heart behind it. 
Um, now, the answer to your question, no, I, I would probably not own those shoes. No, I would not wear those shoes on stage. And here's why. Um, I have a personal conviction. And again, I'm not judging anybody else for this. Growing up, um, I didn't have a lot of money uh, growing up. And I loved to play basketball. And I loved Air, Air Jordans. I never, I never could afford a pair. And my mom never would buy me a pair. So any, anytime I saw someone with Jordan 11s or Jordan 12s or Air Jordans, I always envied them. And I always said, okay, one day I'm going to be able to afford those and I'm going to buy some. Then, then I became a, a youth intern uh, and then a youth pastor where I coached a lot of basketball. But then it just, it just dawned on me. I, I said, you know what? Um, I'm not going to wear these shoes because I don't want the kids that I coach to look at me and envy the shoes that I wear. And, and, and for, for me to be known as like, hey, my basketball coach or my pastor, you know, has the coolest shoes and I really wish I could have those shoes, right? Right, right, right. And does that mean it'd be wrong for me to wear, to own a pair of Jordans? No, it'd be completely okay. And, you know, I could go and buy a pair of Jordans and I can even go online and find a classic pair of Jordan 11s and I can have them at home and probably the church would be okay with it. <laughs> but then I'm thinking about, do I need it? And if I wear it in front of the students that I was ministering to and coaching, would they stumble? Would they say, I, I wish I could have that, mm. you know, and, and I much rather, uh, I mean, none of my students uh, and none of the, now I, I shepherd adults, none of them have right. stumbled over my commentaries. They don't right. care for, they don't really <laughs> envy my beautiful commentaries right. here. Right, right, right. So, uh, I, I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to the heart, right? It comes down to conviction. Mm. Okay, so I'm a musician, right? I'm a church musician. I have guitars. I have multiple guitars, right? I have I have different music equipment at home. Does this apply to me as a musician as well? Not not for shoes, but for gear. I think it's it's different. I mean, honestly, for me, I don't know the difference between a cost of a Taylor 400 versus a Taylor 5,000. If there's such a thing, you know, see, I don't, I don't know my guitars. Right. right, and I, don't, right, right. I, don't, I really don't care. I, I, I know this, that you need good music equipment, right? Right. You need quality music equipment. It's true. And, yes. and, and I think you, you could have a electric guitar and an acoustic guitar and maybe a backup guitar. Um, I, I think for the worship leader, it, it, it's really about what leads people into worship what uplifts god and i think most people sitting in the audience are are in the congregation are probably not drawn to the guitar but it, but if a worship leader were to were to be on stage with very very flashy clothing or you know if a female worship singer or 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 band member was dressed in a way that caused people to stumble um, I, I think it would it would apply in the same way i mean even preachers and sneakers how this guy got started was he 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 was looking at a, a pair of sneakers that a worship leader was wearing, oh, okay. and, and and so so I I do think anything that would cause people to stumble. You see, at the end of the day, it's not really about the shoes. Shoes are a pair of shoes, right? It's really about what these shoes symbolize, right? And then people begin to ask the question: Okay, these shoes symbolize popular hip hop culture or the most expensive symbols of of shoes or shoes that celebrities wear. And, and so at the end of the day, if a pastor was wearing uh, or a worship leader was wearing a pair of uh, black dress shoes that was 500 bucks, but it didn't have a Gucci symbol on it. I mean, nobody would even know, right? They wouldn't even, I'm not saying that we should wear, you know, $500 right, shoes, but, sure, but yeah. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. There, there are certain things that we can wear that draw attention and there's things that just blend in. Uh, the funny thing is, 
um, we didn't see Joel Osteen on here. <laughs> yeah. And we didn't see Benny Hinn on here. Sure, yeah. Why? Right. But they wear really expensive suits. Right. 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 But guess what? A suit is a suit. And if you have a really, really good eye for it, you could probably tell. But sitting right. in the congregation and looking up, you probably can't tell. Yeah, there's no logo you know, on it, right? Right. You you really can't, but but these shoes kind of stand out. So so again, I I I I'm conscious of of what I wear on stage. I wear, uh, I'm not better than anybody else for this. I'm just a boring guy. Um, <laughs> I, I have a few dress shirts that I rotate through. I purposely, these are the only shirts where my collars have a button on it. Because what happens is I don't wear a tie. So when I put the blazer on, it pulls my collar down and it looks kind of awkward. So, so, so strategic. I wear Costco, I'm wearing one right now, this Costco sport polo shirt. Why? Because I don't have to iron it and I don't have to dry it. I wash it and I hang it and it's ready to go. I wear Costco dress shirts because they're cheap, they're affordable, and you can't tell it's from Kirkland, okay? Unless you shop at Costco all the time. I really don't care. I'm not trying to impress anybody, right? Uh, but I want to look presentable. Uh, I wear the same two blazers. <laughs> I wear the same two blazers. You see them I rotate. wear this navy blue, navy blue blazer that's not fitted, right? But why do I wear it? I mean, my mom bought it for me a long time ago uh, when I was a, a, a kid, and it's, I never wore it then, and it still fits now. And I, and, I, and I wear this really old gray blazer that I took from my dad that's from Sears that he got in the 70s oh, or wow. 80s oh, man. because it fits me. And, and it's out of style. It's a three button, you know, and I don't care. You know, at, at, at the end of the day, you know, I'm just trying to wear clothes that fit me. And I, I, I prefer to preach behind a wooden pulpit so nobody sees what kind of shoes I'm wearing or <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and I wear this. If you guys want to know, I mean, I wear dress shoes from uh, Banana Republic Outlet. You know, and um, it doesn't make me any better than anybody else. I'm just I'm just a, a guy who rather have more books, mm, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so you see what I'm saying. I have yeah. my I have my areas of consumerism where I actually put a stop to no more hardback books unless I absolutely no more books. Um, I, if if I'm buying books for ministry, then it's for the church and. I can use it and throw it in the church library or something like that. So, I mean, I, I think we all have areas of our lives where, you know, we have to ask, do we really need this and what do we need? And- no, that's really good, man. That's really good. Um, okay. I guess this kind of ties into another question I had for you. Um, at FCBC Walnut, we use the ESV translation, right? We use the English standard version translation of the Bible. Uh, but in yes. one of your sermons, you mentioned the NASB 95. What is the NASB 95? I'm assuming that's another Bible translation, right? And so, yeah, I guess this kind of ties in because should we have multiple Bible translations? So I guess first explain to me what NASB 95 is and then tell me like, yeah, like what's the rationale behind having multiple translations? The NASB is the New American Standard Bible and there's multiple versions that come out. There's the original NASB has more archaic language in it. The NASB 95 basically is the New American Standard Bible 1995 version. Okay, okay. Which which has more contemporary English, but it still retains the literal uh, wooden kind of literal the literalness of the original NASB. And so I don't know if we want to talk about the dynamic versus. The <laughs> I guess literal, we don't have to get too nerdy. You know, I right, guess yeah. Right now, but but I think it's okay to have. It's okay to have uh, different translations of the Bible to kind of see, you know, how different translators or different 
versions um, translate certain words and phrases and ideas. And, and that day in particular, I felt like the New American Standard Bible 1995 version had a better rendering of a certain word or phrase or sentence that communicated more clearly the original language. Does that mean that you were cherry picking what version you want to use? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but, but typically, typically I will, I will only use or refer to translations that I would recommend as, as, as a primary translation. So you'll never see me use, you'll never see me cite a, a translation that I, I wouldn't want someone in the congregation to have as their primary Bible translation. Um, and NASB 95, you would recommend that version, I'm assuming. Yeah. So, so I, I would say typically you, you'll only see me use ESV or NASB 95. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Well, thanks for getting a little bit nerdy on, on this podcast for uh, yeah, Bible translations. I guess we can get into uh, all the other caveats with that another time. Mm-hmm. I wanted to follow up on the Sola Conference, man. You recently okay. were on the guest panel for the Sola Conference. So tell me how it went. I had a blast. So I, I had a great time. Um, the The panel that I was I was assigned to or asked to, to, to be a part of was on the topic of commitment to the local church. So it's not the sexiest topic. <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't about, you know, dating, marriage, race, uh, homosexuality, or anything like that. But, but, I, but I feel like it was an important topic. And so we had a, a decent amount of people uh, sit in on our seminar. I was, I was humbled and blessed and overjoyed to, to serve with uh, Pastor Michael and, and Pastor Joshua Lim. Um, and and it was it was pretty cool to see how Michael uh, Michael and I were the were the two pastors that were answering most of the questions, and Joshua was the moderator. And it was very it was very interesting to see that even though Michael and I didn't connect beforehand to to rehearse or to go over our notes, I mean that that day I asked him, I said, "Hey, what are you going to share?" and and uh, and we kind of exchanged what we're going to share, and it was it was it was like we clicked. Mm, it was mm, like mm. like mindedness. We believe in the same things. And, you know, I, I felt like it was complimentary. And so I, I, I had a blast. I had a really good time at the conference. Uh, I, I believe the conference team or the executive team did a great job just, just putting together the conference. And I had a, I had a joy just fellowshipping with, with the other leaders and, and other churches. So, yeah, I think, um, I think they just released the conference video. So, uh, I'm going to make sure to take a look at that. Um, who was your target audience for that for that uh, seminar topic? Because I know Sola, like their their main audience is like young adults, right? Isn't it? But was your topic like about young adults? I think Sola's goal as a conference is is to reach collegians, young adults, um, and I think they desire to. Of course, you want young marrieds or even anybody older who wants to wants to see God's work of the gospel being applied um, and affected in the lives of, of the emerging generation. So we kind of knew that's, that when we're talking about commitment to the local church, you're probably talking about collegians asking the question, you know, should I leave my church? How do I know, you know, I should commit to a church? What does community in the local church look like? What does the commitment look like? Um, and, and young adults who are in transition. So that was the audience that I had in mind. And, um, you know, I also had in mind any pastors that would be there uh, that were maybe in difficult or challenging situations. I'm not sure if this was a blessing to those sitting in the seminar, uh, but but I kind of went in knowing that maybe if if Michael could speak to a certain 
segment, uh, then, then maybe I could be there representing a, a, a specific segment. So one, obviously, if there were anybody asking questions about, I guess, the cultural dynamics in a Chinese church or bilingual or trilingual church, maybe I could address that. Uh, but but I, I, I had in mind maybe certain people who are in a Chinese American church or Korean American church where you have two congregations or three congregations and, and you're in an English congregation where you don't really see much of a future or there's cultural struggles or generational challenges. How do you know when to stay? How do you know when to leave? What's the right attitude? What does commitment look like in that context? And I was ready to answer questions just in that little realm. So I kind of knew my role um, or, that, or that's my heart anyway. And, and again, that's not, the, that's not the most fascinating or exciting topic, <laughs> but I think, I, I think when we're talking about the, the prevailing church or the health of the church, I mean, definitely those are, those are topics that need to be addressed. I haven't seen you do too many Q and a panels. I know that you do them, but I haven't seen you do too many. Um, normally when I see you speaking, it's, it's in the context of a sermon. So which, which one do you prefer? Do you prefer sermon speaking or the Q and a open session type of feel? I mean, I, obviously you're a preacher, right? I mean, you're not a, you're not like a traveling speaker, I guess. And you're a pastor of a church, but right now at this moment in time, which one do you prefer? Wow, um, you're right. I don't. I, I haven't done too many panels. In some ways, preparing for a panel is easier because you're not alone. So, so you can always lean on 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 the on the person next to you or the other pastors, the wisdom from them. So there, there are times where someone answers a question. I'm just like, I don't have to say another thing. I mean, that's great. You can just you can just sit there and support them and nod. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but but how I prepare for the panel is the same way. If there are some questions that they give me beforehand, then I'll, I'll I'll go and read and prepare, or I'll think through, or I'll look over material, look at passages, and I'll basically prepare a topical sermon, if you will. But I see, I see. Q and A format. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, maybe just in my personality, the the sermon is easier because you're just basically preparing one way communication. You, there, there's there's no room for interaction. So right, right, right. As as long as you deliver it, you're good. And obviously, there's a different pressure. Right, that that you want to make sure you want to make sure it's clear. You want to make sure it's good content. You want to make sure it's it's biblically presented and and etc. And it's relevant. It's dyna- You know, it's as dynamic as it should be. But I'm not saying that we should make it entertaining. But yeah, I mean, whereas in in a panel, you can kind of have some time to adjust and kind of know your audience, and you can kind of prepare on the fly. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. those are the. Those are the differences. Oh, man. Well, I'm glad that you prepare for both of them and you take them both very seriously, trying to deliver God's word to the people. Um, and I'm glad that you do this podcast too, man. This podcast is another speaking avenue for you. And so uh, it's fun to see you branch out into this. I guess we should do our listener question, man, and uh, get, <laughs> get this done with, man. Uh, okay. So last time we talked about dating, right? And I guess this is kind of a continuation of of uh, our last episode. Here's the listener question. What can a guy do if he has already asked out different girls, asked out different girls out at church and they all said no? You know, I guess, I guess the question is, you know, basically what should his tactic be? Like what should his mindset be after facing so much rejection? And then also how should girls treat this type of guy? (laughs) Okay. Okay. That's a hard question. I mean, I, I don't know who this guy is or, yeah, I mean, I, I think it really depends on context. I mean, first, I am going to assume that this guy is not a creeper. 
um, meaning that that he's doing everything biblically and and he's just trying to ask people out because he wants to you know get into a relationship and hopefully move towards marriage. So that's my assumption, given the benefit of the doubt. Uh, secondly, I need to commend this brother. I need to commend him that he hasn't given up on his local church, which means a, a, a lot of men will be like, well, you know, I know all the sisters at church. I'm going straight to eHarmony. First of all, it's all about election and God's sovereign <laughs> choice. I'm just kidding. You know, I know something, someone's going to nail me for that. And, you know, I, I don't you know. I don't believe in bullseye theology, but okay. But, but first of all, you know, before going to eHarmony or before going, you know, to another church to just, just meet other girls, um, he's actually trying to say, God, is there anybody in this community? Is there anybody in this community where they actually know me and where actually I know them and actually relationships can be built and, and I know the pastor and the pastor knows me and there's shepherding and there's support and I'm, a, and I'm a member, you know, is, you know, one girl rejected me. So what? Okay. I'm going to ask another one. I'm going to ask another one. I, but I, but I, at some point I think there needs to be some wisdom where, you know what, the girls, um, as well-meaning as they are, they are still sinners just like we are. And they're going to talk about you. You know, they're going to be like, Hey, did, you, did this guy ask you out too? You know, um, did this, did you hear about this guy? Oh, he's asking everyone out. And, and on whether it's fair or not, you know, this type of brother is going to build up a reputation that maybe it's not fair, but that, but this guy's going to build up a reputation. It's like, Hey man, this guy is just, you know, if, if he tries to befriend a girl, there's going to be like, man, that guy's probably going to ask me out. And, and so I think at that point, with the blessing of mentors and disciples and pastors, maybe it's it, it's time to look outside. You know, maybe it's time to to try um, what's that one? Coffee meets bagel or something. Sure. You know, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or or maybe it, maybe it's time to um, I don't know visit another fellowship or 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 have some joint type of fellowship with other churches uh, to try to meet other sisters in Christ. And how how should the sisters uh, treat a brother? I, yeah. I I think again, given that um, if this brother is not a creeper if he has good intentions then i think they have to be gracious you know don't don't look down on the brother if you're genuinely not attracted to him or if there's a reason then i don't know maybe maybe there's a way that that sister without gossiping can communicate with that that brother's discipler or that that brother's friend or pastor and and maybe this can be communicated to the guy maybe there's something that the guy is missing maybe there's some character flaw maybe the way that he's approaching is not wise. I, I don't know, you know. So it really depends on context. But this is definitely, this is definitely a, a great time to sit down and, and and talk to a mentor, talk to a disciple, talk to a pastor, and 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 see what's going on here. We we have in transit, right? That's our young adult fellowship. So that's our young adult. That's you right. you as the pastor. Do you know? I mean, I, I guess you don't have to say on the podcast any specific names, but like, are you aware that like, yeah, maybe some people are here, you know, just to meet other people? Like, is that a thing? And and I guess from your answer, it's okay to to have that. That I, I don't think that that should be the primary reason of going to a church or committing to a church. Obviously, okay. okay. But I but I think if 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 you're at a certain church and, and, and you've been at that church for long enough, and maybe let's just say the church is, is, is not a big church. Everyone knows each other. Uh, and, and, and it's not like you're totally discontent with, with marriage. I mean, with sing, uh, with singleness, I'm sorry, but, but you're getting older, you're aging and, and you're wanting to meet other brothers and sisters in Christ. I don't think it's out of question to consider, you know, maybe, pray about it. And maybe with the blessing of the pastors, go to another solid church where you want to go there to be part of the church, but maybe there's, there's more 
brothers there, or maybe there's more sisters uh, of your age that you can interact with, build friendship, and possibly move towards marriage. I, I, I don't see that as, as, as a sin issue. Obviously, you know, with, with young adult ministry, yes, I am aware. Yes, you could tell sometimes that there are individuals that come maybe just to just to check out girls or guys. Now, I, I never judge a person by that. I never uh, assume it. Right. Is that happening in, in transit now as a primary reason? Probably not because of what we've done to the preaching. Well, the preaching has always been biblical. Okay. And, and so, so I mean, what I've, what I've done, I mean, what we've done is meaning going back to, to the preaching we've had ever since the beginning of, of in transit is, you know, basically what we're going through now is, an, is, is expository preaching of James. And we're going through James verse by verse. We don't have a lot of time. People are tired on Thursday nights. Yeah. So, um, and, and typically, you know, um, that's my secondary sermon, mm-hmm. right? My mm-hmm. primary mm-hmm. sermon is I got to get ready for Sunday. Sunday, right. It, it, it's not that I'm not valuing Thursday night, but it's not going to be a dynamic sermon. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be dynamic, but it's, 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 it's going to be just basically, this is what the word of God says. Here's the points. Hopefully it's clear. And here's a few ways you can apply it. And sometimes, you know me, like I might not give you application. So if you're coming <laughs> to just check out girls, yeah. and one, we're not that big. So if you're no. coming just to check out girls, and you're going to really subject your, your, yourself to 45 minutes of- 45 of to an hour. hour. 45 to an hour yeah. of someone just explaining the Bible and the original languages and the yeah. background and, you know, like a book like James, yeah. you know, then- then okay, then I guess you deserve to be here. You know, you're the kind of guy we, you're the, you're the kind of guy or girl we want. We want you here. Yeah. You know, we want you here. You know, we want you coming to meet our people. That's good. That's good. You know, we hope we attract you, right? Yeah. So all of the fellowship time is after nine o'clock or nine fifteen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, or and even you by then, a lot of the people leave even before. Yeah, that a lot happens, of people so. leave. So <laughs> if you're really gonna come to subject yourself to expository <laughs> preaching from me, and I and I'm not the I'm not the the most gifted preacher. So if you want to come, and I'm tired on Thursday night, so I'm not even I'm more passionate now than I am on Thursday night. <laughs> right. So if so if you're gonna come and listen to me, just try my best to faithfully share God's word with you then, or, or Gabe Lee, our, our, our other preacher, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you're going to subject yourself to us, then God bless you. You know, we <laughs> hope that we hope that you meet one of our brothers or sisters and get married. Oh, very good. Hanley, very that's, good. That's, that's, that's what we believe. <laughs> I appreciate that answer, man. I do, I do want to mention that I did actually talk about our previous question um, with Endora. Endora gave me her perspective, you know, Endora, right? One of our, I know, I know Endora. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I just want to say officially on the podcast here on the Walnut commentary podcast that, um, I do understand that it's you and me both males in church. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's good to hear the female perspective on this and also getting questions from both males and females. We do appreciate that. That's good. That's good. Yes. Yes, please, please. We do need the female perspective. Um, as you can tell uh, on this podcast, if there's if there's any boneheaded side of me, which <laughs> there's a lot of it, it's probably going to come out. Right? That's, uh, what, that, that's what happens when you have um, FCBC's version of Phil Johnson. <laughs> Right. What are you talking about, man? If you don't know who that guy is, don't Google it. <laughs> Whatever, man. That that just means you're the FCBC version of John MacArthur. Then, if you want to no, elevate no, 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 yourself no, no, to his no, no, level, no. <laughs> oh man, Hanley, thanks for doing the podcast, man. Um, I think I think this is a good one. I, I think it's time to go. But thank you for doing it, man. Thanks for for oh, having. Of course, this. it's a joy. <laughs>
<laughs> thanks, Pastor Hanley, and thank you everyone for listening to our podcast here at FCBC Walnut. Don't forget to subscribe to Walnut Weekly, our social media email newsletter. We deliver fresh resources for free and provide peeks behind the scenes from the social media ministry of FCBC Walnut. Subscribe today to stay up to date so you never miss out. Find the link in the show notes, but you can also find the link under the resources menu on our website at fcbcwalnut.org. Please send us your questions and comments by emailing us at socialmedia at fcbcwalnut.org. We want this podcast to be useful and beneficial, but also fun and interactive for our listeners. So if you see us around in person, please let us know you listen and feel free to give us critique, comments, or questions. For more episodes, you can visit our archive at walnutcommentary.tumblr.com and you can subscribe to our official podcast feed on YouTube, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. Just search for FCBC Walnut. You'll receive our latest sermons, podcasts, and more. For more info about our church, visit us online at fcbcwalnut.org. Thanks. See you soon.